Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Game Time Decisions presents the DFS Lineup Lock Hour, sponsored by DailyRoto.com. All right, let's roll. we got a full slate of baseball on the board. As I mentioned, the Prince, Sean Engel, will join us. We'll talk some NASCAR as well. They go to Chicago. You want to go to a 2018 World Series uh, baseball game, tune in to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network between July 8th and July 17th. We'll be playing the DKMS Trivia Challenge. So you're shot to call in and win with a chance to attend the Fall Classic in person. The number to play is 844-843-6879. That's 844-843-FNTSY. The contest is sponsored by DKMS. We're looking for your help. In the fight against blood cancer, for many patients, a bone marrow transplant is the best chance for survival. Well, 30% of patients can find a matching donor in their family. 70%, nearly 14,000 each year, must rely on a benevolent stranger to step up and donate. Find out how you can help the cause and go to dailyroto.com slash DKMS. That's dailyroto.com slash DKMS. It's the DKMS Trivia Challenge, July 8th through July 17th. Call in and win. All right, so we got a full slate of Major League uh, Baseball on the board here this evening. A ton of freaking options for uh, for DFS purposes. And you figure with it's such a big slate, actually, that everything would have come together, you know, easier than it did uh, for us, but it didn't. <laughs> it didn't. It was a battle. Uh, looking at the highest totals on the board tonight, we have quite a few low uh, totals tonight. I see there's only uh, two games um, that uh, are 10 and a half. We've got one at 10. So um, as we speak uh, right now, the Boston Red Sox and the New York Yankees, their total is 9.5. Rodriguez and Sabathia, Liriano and Stroman go. Total is 9. Detroit and uh, the Toronto Blue Jays. The 10.5, we have the Angels. Uh, Pena and Hess produces a 10.5. Nationals and Phillies, the total is 9 over there. Low total in, uh, in Tampa with Font. Font and Cole, and I'll tell you what, man, Font got lit up like a blunt on the back of Snoop Dogg's tour bus last time he saw these Astros bats. Anderson, and everybody loves to hit against uh, Saul Romano. That total is 10. Total is just 7 in that Houston-Tampa game. The Mets and Marlins, 8. Chicago White Sox and the Texas Rangers, total 10.5. Uh, Braves and Cards, total is eight. And we'll, we'll talk about this in a second. But, you know, Julio Tehran, I'm a, I'm a Tehran fan, actually. And we saw that he really struggled in that new stadium last year. When he went to the new stadium, he got lit up. He sort of adjusted for it a little bit. And you saw he's a good pitcher. But he's really struggled over the last month and a half or so. He really had a strong start to the season. But he's really starting to regress, to regress uh, right now. And with that being stated... You know, I've got Ozuna. I didn't really stock any sort of Cardinal bats or anything like that. But for betting purposes, I do like the Cardinals. San Francisco and Arizona, Suarez and Corbin, total 7.5 feels a little low there. 
Trevor Bauer, unbelievable, man. The total is eight in that game against Blackburn. Blackburn's been a gas can. Anderson on the hill for the Rockies against Hill. Total seven and a half there. The Dodgers have been a big over team. Uh, the, the Royals are putrid. It's Kennedy and Gonzalez. Kennedy hasn't won in forever. And uh, Musgrove's been getting lit up uh, with Pittsburgh. Uh, the total is seven and a half there. Pittsburgh, San Diego, KC and Seattle. Total is eight. And as I mentioned, the Dodgers and the Rockies. Total is seven and a half. Just feels just a little bit uh, low. So, the question is, where are you going to spend the money tonight? What are you doing with the pitching? Where where do you want to go? I guess it's your decisions made somewhat, uh, somewhat a little bit easier with the fact that the Grom. Uh, is a scratch. I was unaware of that until Cam brought that up a couple hours ago. That uh, Degrom uh, Degrom is scratched. I'm going with with Trevor Bauer. I'm going with Trevor Bauer, and he's freaking expensive. And I don't like spending the money, but uh, you've got options here. So the most expensive expensive pitcher on the board right now is Trevor Bauer at thirteen three. Garrett Cole is 13. I actually wanted to try to take them both, but it was just freaking impossible to do. Uh, Corbin. I think Corbin's in a nice spot tonight. He's 11-9. Pavetta. He's 9-5. I'm not in love with Pavetta here. Uh, Mikolas is 9-3. Just a little bit pricey, I think. Rodriguez is 8-1. Gonzalez with Seattle is 7-8. The pitching's kind of tricky. Uh, tonight, I do like Rich Hill, and the computers like Rich Hill as well as far as the projections are concerned, as far as one of the, the, the top value uh, pitcher at $7,700. Uh, Musgrove's been getting lit up, guys. Yeah, Musgrove is $7,600, and that's just too much money. That's just way too much money. If you look at you look at Musgrove's last start, uh, he, uh, he gave up um, five earned runs in four innings. The start before that, he went four and a third. He gave up six earned runs. He's given up 11 earned runs in the last two games. He's only lasted eight and a third innings. You know, Musgrove was all right, but we talk about this often. Once once, once big league hitters, man, these guys are smart, all right? Once they see a pitcher a, a time or two, and not just them seeing the pitcher a time or two, but once the pitcher has, you know, pitched a couple of times and there's video, there's video of the pitcher. They start to figure them out, and Musgrove's been figured out right now. He's he's getting hit, and he's getting pretty uh, he's getting hit pretty hard. Uh, for the record, George Springer is a scratch uh, for tonight. George Springer is a scratch uh, for this evening. So let's start off uh, with uh, with the pitcher that I decided to go with, and we talked about him a little bit uh, earlier. And uh, you know, this guy's moving in on some historic stuff right now, and I'm talking about Trevor Bauer. Trevor Bauer, he's got uh, at least eight strikeouts in all five of his starts this month. Bauer needs 16 strikeouts. He's not going to strike out 16 tonight. Be nice. <laughs> It'd be nice if he would. But uh, he needs 16 strikeouts to match Hall of Fame Hall of Fame pitcher Bob Feller's franchise record of 70 strikeouts in a month, man. It's some serious ass stuff. If you you know you set a record, or you you know up there you're with Bob Feller, a record that's been set all the way back to 1946. So it, it, so basically he needs he needs 16 
he could also pass some other club records tonight, though. It's an incredibly what – a, what a month, man, Bowers had. But what's crazy is he actually set a career high. His career high in strikeouts is 14, and he did it against the Oakland Athletics, the same team that he's pitching against uh, tonight. And he did that in just uh, seven innings. Bowers, third in the American League in strikeouts. He's recorded um, 10 or more strikeouts six times in his last eight starts. Since May 16th, Bauer has pitched 56 innings. He has struck out 83 freaking batters, man. 83. You want to talk about a great uh, strikeout strikeout per inning ratio? I don't know, man. Listen, I'm not, um, you know, I'm not a math, um, a math uh, baseball nerd uh, geek like uh, the crew is here. Like I know Florio's a great uh, baseball fantasy guy. And, you know, Modica and and everybody, but, yeah, even I'm aware, man. Holy crap. 83 strikeouts in 56 innings, man, since May 16th for uh, for Trevor Bauer. So I think it's safe to say that he's worth the money this evening. And the thing is, too, you look at the Oakland Athletics. The Oakland Athletics bats are awesome, right? But they're much better on the road. That's a real pitcher's park out there in Oakland. It's also one of the scuzziest uh, stadiums. We talked about uh, safety and health food violations uh, as well. Now, listen, the the Oakland Athletics are 8-2 in their last 10 ball games. They're playing really good baseball. They just swept the Tigers. But as a gambling man and as somebody that's been gambling for a long time, I'll tell you, teams that have successful road trips always lose that first game back home. I'm not getting in front of Trevor Bauer tonight for uh, for DFS purposes and for betting purposes. I like Trevor Bauer. All right, we're going to take uh, Marcus Stroman tonight. Now, listen, Stroman wasn't my first choice here, but you know, I was running out of options. I spent thirteen thousand three hundred dollars on Trevor Bauer. I was going to go with Rich Hill at seventy seven hundred dollars, but it still kind of squeezed me for the rest of my lineup. So ultimately, I decide to roll the dice with a baseball team against a baseball team. It's ice freaking cold uh, right now. The Detroit Tigers are 0-9 in their last nine baseball games. Marcus Stroman has good stuff, uh, but he's often injured. And Stroman came off the disabled list, and he pitched. Um, he pitched over. He pitched last weekend, and uh, he looked pretty good doing it actually. He looked pretty good uh, doing it. Strowman returned uh, from a seven-week um, absence. Scattered six hits over five scoreless innings, and he struck out five in Los Angeles against the Angels. Strowman's a good. He's a good pitcher. He's you know Strowman bitched about money before the year started, and Blue Jay fans trying to find him to be too flashy, and they think he talks too much for a guy that, you know, hasn't delivered all that much. It's funny because, you know, I'm a bigger Strowman guy than a lot of Blue Jay fans are. I'm not a Blue Jay fan, but I'm around uh, the Blue Jays. So. But it is true. Strowman's got to deliver. And listen, there's still some time left. There's still two months left in this season, three months left, actually. What, July, August, September, three months left. Strowman can still put together a, a nice uh, a nice season and uh, it was a nice start for him um, with the um, the five strikeouts in five innings. Now against a Tiger team um, that uh, has struggled against right-handed uh, pitching. They rank 25th, 25th in Major League uh, Baseball against right-handers in OPS, ISO, um, WOBA. 
nice spot for Marcus Stroman. And he's freaking cheap. And, you know, you need cheap here. At $6,300, we got Bauer at 13-3. We're going to need to do something. Uh, the catcher position was kind of a tough spot uh, for us. You know, we, we, were gonna, we were going to build backwards. You know, I tell you what, I think I'm going to have a good lineup tonight because I didn't do it the way I normally do it. And the way I normally do it, you know, hasn't really produced that many wins. So, um, But my catcher will be Russell Martin tonight. He's $2,900. He's freaking cheap. I'm not expecting much from him. If he can give us a hit, listen, a home run would be great. An RBI or two would be nice. Uh, but, you know, if he can give us five, seven points, I'm not expecting much from Russell Martin at $2,900. Now, Valbuena. Valbuena is going to be my first baseman here tonight. Now, listen, the thing about Valbuena is he's pretty cheap. He gets a good spot here against Hess. He's batting fifth in this lineup. It's all or nothing with this guy. I mean, he strikes out like 33 uh, freaking percent of the time, but he's got nine home runs. Um, he's just very, very cheap at $3,400. $3, uh, we're going to go with Eduardo Nunez, man. Nunez on a nice little run right now. Uh, he scored four runs in his last three baseball games, has a seven-game uh, seven hit streak uh, going. He's put up 40 drafting points in his last uh, five games. It's against CC Sabathia. Adrian Beltre. Adrian Beltre. Uh, 14 DK points in his last uh, game. Two for four uh, with a double and an RBI. Listen, Beltre's a Hall of Famer. He's put up you know, the same type of numbers except with more power than Ichiro has. We've talked about how Beltre doesn't really get the, um, the love from the media that he should. So we're going to take Adrian Beltre tonight. He's got nine hits. This should be a higher-scoring baseball game, too. He's got nine hits, four RBIs, and three runs scored in the last six games. Adrian Beltre does. Kiki Hernandez. You know, the price keeps climbing for Hernandez. Well, you know what? It's you know it's up to thirty five. It's but it was in the three thousands before. But uh, Kiki Hernandez, man, has really been on a, on a run. He's got hits in eight of his last ten baseball games. He's got a five game hit streak uh, going on right now. Uh, the RBIs have been there. He's got RBIs in uh, man. He's got RBIs in five of his last six baseball games. As far as DraftKings points are concerned, Kiki Hernandez has put up sixteen points. 11 points, 10 points, 14 points, 33 points, 8 points. Pretty impressive little run here. And at $3,500, not bad. Anderson on the hill tonight uh, for the uh, Colorado Rockies. The Dodgers' bats are just absolutely raking it right now. So Kiki Hernandez will be our shortstop. In the outfield, we've got uh, Marcel Ozuna. Marcel Ozuna tonight. And I talked about this um with, uh, with Julio Tehran, as far as Tehran is struggling right now. Tehran's been struggling with the long ball uh, as of late as well. Something to keep uh, keep your eye on here. Now, this is, I'm a little bit frustrated uh, by this. Um, I see there's uh, George Springer's out. I, I actually like George Springer. Now, I've got $4,800 left to play with, so I can plug, uh, I can plug in Nelson Cruz. I could plug in Peralta. I could go Upton. I 
I could go Will Myers. I could go Will Myers. Let's just go Nelson Cruz, though. Let's just go Nelson Cruz. Now, listen, you know, you can put together multiple lineups, but I'll tell you, the dude fought tonight, man. He got freaking lit up. All right, he got lit up by the Astros when uh, when he saw him before. So, I, you know, I wanted to get a little bit of exposure, and Springer was 3-for-3 three three versus Font with a home run and an RBI. Font made his only two career appearances against uh, Houston in relief earlier this year, and he was hit hard. He's given up uh, eight runs on ten hits, four home runs, four and two-third. So our lineup is Bauer, Stroman, Martin, Valbuena, Eduardo Nunez, Adrian Beltre, Kiki Hernandez, Nelson Cruz, Mitch Haniger, and Marcel Ozuna. If you've heard of WeatherTech floor liners, you probably know that for your vehicle's floor, nothing protects better. But what about protection for the rest of your car or truck? I'm David McNeil, founder of WeatherTech. Besides our floor liners, we design, engineer, and manufacture a wide range of automotive accessories right here in America. And just like our floor liners, everything is done to the highest standards possible. We understand what kind of investment owning a vehicle can be, so we do everything possible to help you protect it. We don't take shortcuts, and we never make concessions when it comes to quality. For everything from cargo liners to cleaning and detailing supplies to mud flaps and car covers, the one place you need to go is WeatherTech.com. So if you are familiar with our floor liners, just imagine how well the rest of our products will work for you. Learn more about our full line of automotive accessories at WeatherTech.com or call 1-800-CARMATS. WeatherTech.com, proudly made in America. Are you or someone you love one of the nearly 1 million Americans living with Parkinson's disease? There is no known cure, but you have the power to help change that by participating in a clinical trial. The Michael J. Fox Foundation will help get you started. Visit michaeljfox.org forward slash participant pack to download the new Parkinson's trial participant pack. It's free and available right now. That's michaeljfox.org forward slash participant pack. Visit today. Attention all authors. Page Publishing is looking for authors. Have you written a book and want to get it published? Page Publishing will get your book into bookstores and for sale online at Amazon, Apple iTunes, and other outlets. They handle all aspects of the publishing process for you. Printing, cover art, publicity, copyright, and editing. Call 800-292-8137 now for your free author submission kit. That's 800-292-8137 for your free author submission kit. Again, that's 800-292-8137. Got the life. Game Time Decisions, Ready Eat and Rage Radio. I'm Gabriel Morenci. Lineup Block Live continues. DailyRoto.com. Check it out. You know, the World Cup, um, World Cup's winding down. We're, we're into the, the elimination stage over the weekend, but we were really soccer heavy over the last couple of weeks, and it was fun. Uh, but, you know, we've been talking college football, but we'll really start to uh, ramp up our NFL uh, coverage as well. Now, speaking of NFL coverage, we're talking about NFL on Fox. Uh, NASCAR and Fox are sort of synonymous. Um, this is the weekend in which they make the change. 
And, you know, a lot of people often complain, oh, we don't like it as much on NBC. And I think this is one of the reasons why they brought in Dale Earnhardt Jr., who will be making his debut this week. Let's bring in uh, let's bring in Sean Engel, uh, Daily Roto's uh, Sean Engel, to talk some NASCAR. But first, uh, what do you think about the change now to NBC? You look at Fox, has always sort of been synonymous uh, with NASCAR, Sean. And Jeff, they signed Jeff Gordon, and Jordan does a great job up there in the booth. NBC gets Dale Earnhardt Jr., and Dale's a very likable guy. So I think, um, you know, it's a nice hire by NBC, and I think it'll it'll call off some of the critics that complain when they always switch midseason over to NBC. Well, so far, thanks for having me on, first of all. And uh, with the whole change between uh, adding Dale Jr. to NBC, I do think that that is going to be a good change because it adds more race knowledge and experience up in the booth. They already got Rick Allen, Steve Letard, and Jeff Burton, and they're not bad at all as it is, but it, I always found Fox's commentary to be more informal and definitely more engaging and had more personality. But I think with Dale Jr. up in the booth, it's definitely going to add a bit more of that jolt that the NBC crew needs, especially as they're going to be covering the rest of the season with the playoffs and, of course, the championship event later on this year. Should be exciting That's- to watch. That's a good way of putting it, actually, and I, I would agree with you on that, that, you know, Fox is more hokey, and, you know, they crack jokes, and, you know, giddy, 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 and all, you know, boogity, boogity, and all this type stuff, and, you know, it's very loose. NBC's more, you know, they're more serious about it, but Dale, Dale, I, you know, Dale's, Dale's a great hire in here, and, of course, you know, Fox, man, they can't have everything. They got NFL. Yeah, of course. They can't just have everything, especially because, uh, well, even though it would be nice to have everything on one network for the whole season, at least uh, the difference is it gets different viewpoints at the whole thing on uh, the presentations for NASCAR, too. Hey, Sean, uh, Gabe, actually, we're, re- we're getting Gabe back on the line, but real quick, uh, who are some of your top plays this weekend? So right now, it should be the question pretty much, of between who is going to win this race between Kevin Harvick, Kyle Busch, and Martin Truex Jr. Because these three drivers have been the dominant ones all season long. Truex got his third win last week at Sonoma, and he won both of the races at Chicago and last season, so we definitely got to keep an eye on him. But you also got to remember that Harvick and uh, Kyle Busch have both won every race at a mile-and-a-half intermediate tracks this season so far. And Again, Chicagoland is a mile-and-a-half intermediate, so it's definitely going to be one to really keep an eye on. It's just going to be between those three, if you ask me. Yeah, I know. It's not, you know, it's not a lot of drama really coming in here. So we look at Martin Truex. As far as the, you know, the pricing is concerned, who are, who are you looking at? If you had to lock in a guy, how are you, how are you constructing a roster uh, this week, uh, Sean? Well, first of all, like I mentioned in some of my past articles before, diversification is definitely going to be really key this week because we got multiple drivers here. We're talking about Harvick, Kyle Busch, and Truex. These are the sort of guys. Any one of these three could really dominate. But out of these three, though, I think Harvick is the guy that's going to be the guy to beat this week. Now, as far as value picks, uh, who are you looking at? For uh, lower value-based picks, um, definitely uh, one driver that I do like at is uh, Paul Menard. 
Paul Menard's driving with Wood Brothers Racing this season, and that's an upgrade in equipment compared to what he had before with Childress Racing in the past few seasons. And Wood Brothers Racing, their last two seasons with Ryan Blaney, they finished both 11th and 4th the last two years. And Menard, he's been actually running pretty solidly when it's come to mile-and-a-half intermediate tracks this season. And again, mile-and-a-half intermediate history from this season, like there's been five races of that track type so far. It's going to be pretty important to keep an eye on as we make our picks this weekend, too. Yeah, we were talking about this earlier, and Cam, uh, you know, Cam Stewart was in studio earlier, and he brought up a good point about this, about the drivers talking about how this um, this concrete over here just shreds your tires. So, you know, the pit crews are going to be very important uh, this week, uh, which leads me into Clint Boyer. So we talked about it. Listen, you know, when you're coming on a road course, it sort of throws everything out the window, but Boyer was red hot, and Boyer did win on a track like this. Uh, Boyer likes this. Well, Boyer, I do really like Boyer, and especially pretty much just uh, all the Stuart Haas cars this week are going to be very, very strong. Like I said before, Harvick's going to be the guy to beat, but I definitely like Boyer for at least a good top 10 finish, maybe even a chance of finishing in the top five. Because he's displayed good finishes all throughout the season at a variety of track types. So I just can't help but think that Boyer's going to be a guy we're going to have to keep an eye on, too, especially because of the equipment with Stuart Haas Racing being so good as it is right now. So, yeah, as I was saying, Sean, what do you think of uh, Boyer this week? I really like Boyer a lot. I really think he's going to be one of the ones to watch for a good finish. I don't think he's going to win, but I do think he's going to be pretty close to that sort of threshold. Yeah, that's the thing. Will he win? Is he going to be in the mix? Denny Hamlin, speaking of uh, being in the threshold, Denny Hamlin has finished six or better in his last four Chicago uh, starts. He won here in 2015. Hamlin's just always in the mix, Sean. Yeah, Hamlin's definitely in his wheelhouse when it comes to short tracks. But he's also been pretty good when it comes to the uh, mile and a half as well. When you look back at the mile and a half results from earlier this season, you got to remember that he also has three top five finishes out of the five mile and a half tracks that, that the Cup Series has ran on so far this season. All right, Brad Keselowski. Brad Keselowski, he likes this track as well. He's had a lot of success here in the past. He won here in 2012. He won here in 2014 uh, as well. Um, the last time they were on a mile-and-a-half track, he finished at uh, fourth place uh, at Charlotte. What's your take on Keselowski this week? Keselowski is a, definitely one of the ones we have to keep an eye on. we got to highly consider him for lineups, if you ask me, because statistically, Chicagoland is his best track. He's finished eighth or better in each of his last seven starts at Chicago, and he's led in laps in six of those appearances and also here's a fun fact for you he's one of only two drivers that have actually ran in the top 15 in every single lap with since uh 2015 at chicago land that's crazy that, that, that is quite the stat uh, right there we were all we were talking earlier too about chevrolet and uh, chevrolet really struggling uh due to the changes that they've made but uh, you got Kyle Larson in the mix uh, here. Kyle Larson has raced well here. He has an average finish of 8.2 8 .2 average finish in uh, four 
uh, races here. He finished fifth the last time out here. Kyle Larson, or is Kyle Larson too heavily priced for somebody that probably won't win? I do think that we should consider Kyle Larson for sure, especially based on past success. But I do also want to see uh, where exactly he is in practices and where he qualifies, too, at the same time. So I have cautious optimism for him, especially because he's been the best-performing Chevrolet driver this season as he's the only Chevy driver with nine top tens as far as uh, the whole season goes. So definitely one to keep an eye on, but I'm, I got cautious optimism with him. All right. So as far as value, value picks, uh, a name that keeps popping up uh, here, and I apologize for any uh, technical. I know we got a couple of hiccups, like a cell phone cutting in, and that's not on you either, uh, Sean. It's on us uh, right now. Uh, but a guy that, you know, is, is a little bit cheaper that looks like uh, we could plug in here is Alex Bowman. Alex uh, Bowman. What do you make of Alex uh, Bowman uh, this week? So Bowman, he's riding, funny enough, we talked about Dale Jr. earlier. This is Dale Jr.'s old team. So yeah. Bowman, he's been one of those guys that he's, he hasn't really been making a lot of like top finishes per se, but he's quietly been around that top 15 range for a good amount of the season, which also explains why he still is in the playoff hunt as it is. But I think Bowman... He's one of those drivers that I usually like to wait and see where he is in practice and in qualifying because sometimes he can be a good place differential play, but other times he can be the sort of guy that starts so high you might want to avoid him too. Yeah, that's exactly it. I hear where you're going with that. But he's a good driver. and You know, top 10 finishes in two of his last four races. Uh, that's you know, quite a surprise to see that. Like you said, he's quietly been pretty consistent right now. Yes. Very much so indeed. I like I said, Bowman the showman. You gotta watch for him sometimes. <laughs> the showman. Bowman the showman. Um, all right, some other guys um that we're looking at uh here. Maybe if we can find some value. Any anybody else catch your eye as far as value? Uh Eric Jones, um any anybody else at you know, a little bit lower priced uh, on the board here, Sean. So with a lot of these lower priced drivers. They've had mixed results when it came to Chicagoland before, but there are some that I am keeping my eye on, like some of these younger drivers like Daniel Suarez, who finished 12th at Chicago last season, and William Byron, who did score a top-10 finish in, in a, a mile-and-a-half track earlier this season as well. But like I said before, practice speeds are what's really going to matter with drivers like these because when you get these young drivers, especially when their equipment isn't exactly the best, Starting high up, they could just really destroy lineups just by starting in a high enough position. And you mentioned uh, Paul Menard. Paul Menard's affordable at uh, at seven thousand uh, dollars, right there. All right. So before we let you go, a driver that used to you know be dominant here, and I know he's talking about how we'd really like to win uh, win here as well. There's a lot of similarities to California, Jimmy Johnson. But is it to the point where? You know, father time, so to speak. Jimmy's just not the same. It's not the same team. It's not the same car. He's not the same. Is, um, you know, will Jimmy win again? Or are we watching, you know, sort of the uh, the end of the line for Jimmy Johnson here? I think as far as Jimmy Johnson goes, I think Jimmy right now, he's struggling just like all the other Chevrolet drivers are. And part of it is is that they introduced this new cars this season, the Camaro ZL1. And they still haven't figured out what the best setups are for it. And a lot of these teams, 
They're still experimenting around. It's a lot like with uh, Stuart Haas Racing last season when they made their switch to Ford. They struggled throughout the first half of the season, but by the second half, they were really competitive. So as it is right now, I don't, I don't think Jimmy's struggles are entirely on him, but I think it's just adjusting to the new car in combination with the fact that these Ford drivers have just been killing it. All right. You know, uh, Sean, I really appreciate you taking the time to be with us. Where can people uh, find all the write-ups and the breakdowns and all the NASCAR coverage? Well, you can always be sure to check out my articles and all my writings at dailyroto.com slash NASCAR. And from there, I will be putting up my preview with the latest race at Chicagoland. And I'm also going to be doing some Xfinity coverage, too, within my articles. So for those of you that play DraftKings Xfinity, there you go. You have uh, something for you guys there, too. I like more that. chances to play NASCAR, so like more chances that. to win. I like that. So who are you throwing out there for the Xfinity before we get you out of here? Well, with Xfinity, I definitely always want to look towards these uh, the cup regulars that are participating there. But you also got to think of drivers like Justin Allgaier, for example, who he's the only guy, the only Xfinity regular right now that has two wins. And he's been pretty strong all season long. So it's definitely one of those guys I'm looking at right now. Sean, it's always a pleasure, my man. Thanks for joining us. Have a great weekend. Thanks. You too. There's a Sean Engel, the prince, uh, with some great uh, NASCAR uh, insight uh, there from, uh, from Sean Engel. As far as the – I like that, Xfinity. I got no problem with playing some Xfinity, um, some DFS. I'll definitely check out the article. That, you know, why not? We'll race uh, some Saturday instead of just on Sunday. But uh, we got Kevin Harvick is plus 210. Kevin Harvick is plus 210 to win uh, to win this race. Martin Truex is plus 300, so not a lot of drama here. And as we mentioned, there's been six races on the mile-and-a-half cookie cutters, we like to call them. You know, there's been a mile-and-a-half, you know, mile uh, six races on the cookie-cutter tracks. Kyle Busch and Harvick have won five of the six races. Truex won the other one. So... As Sean stated, I hate to be so simple about this, but the fact of the matter is one of these three dudes is most likely going to win. And Harvick at plus 210 is just not enough value. Truex has won the last two times here, so I would just look at Martin Truex here at plus 300. Kyle Busch is plus 333. Kyle Larson, we talked about uh, Chevrolet struggling. Larson's at plus 700. Denny Hamlin. Hamlin could be worth a um, a T5 bet, and most books have the uh, the top five uh, as well. 